Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Facebook has invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. Over the last few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts. Learn more about their ongoing work at about.fb.com safety. Y'all never mind me. Hey everybody, I was thinking about um, a sermon I heard just this morning by uh, a prophet, or pastor or prophet uh, YPJ, and he's out of Indiana. But what he was talking about was talking about vision, and he was using the, the prophet Elisha from uh, the Old Testament, and he was talking about how uh, how there was a, what was it, Naaman? It was, uh, I believe it was another king in the area who had um who had planned to to attack Israel and in attacking Israel every time that he would try to come up with a plan Elijah would tell you know the king of Israel at that time hey don't go here stay away from these places cuz that king is coming to attack you he's looking to attack from this vantage point and he he kept you know the king that was trying to attack Israel kept saying what what's going on why every time i try to make a plan they they find a way around it or they find a way to to defeat it so the uh he said i gotta have a traitor here in the camp so he was talking to the people in his court the king that was attacking israel and they told him that no we're not you don't have any traitors here it's just that it's that prophet elijah every time that you try to do something he tells he tells everything that you're going to do almost as if he's standing in your bedroom when you plan it everything that you plan to do he tells them so the king at that point said, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll go and capture Elisha, and I'll bring him here. That way I can attack Israel. So they went to attack him, and he sent these soldiers, sent all these uh, all these chariots and things down to go kidnap Elisha. And when Elisha woke up and there was a guy that was there with him in his in his household, you know, like the, one of the people that uh, could have been an assistant, I believe he was. I don't, don't quote me on that one, but it was just one of the people who lived in the house and he went outside. He saw all this King's army out there and they were, we need to see Elisha and da, 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 da. And of course the young man got scared. So he said, Oh man. So he went back in, he woke up Elisha and Elisha wasn't worried. And he said, aren't you worried? All these people out here, what are we going to do? And Elisha said, don't worry about them. Cause there's more of us than there are them. And the interesting thing that, uh, about the scripture and what pastor YPJ brought out was that in the scripture, it talked about, how Elisha wasn't worried about it. And, you know, he said, there's more of us than there are them. And the young man, of course, was like, uh, no, I don't see any of us out here. And Elisha said he prayed and asked God to open the young man's eyes. And it wasn't that the young man couldn't see. He just couldn't see beyond the the natural. And what he said when he said that the young man's eyes were open and he saw all these chariots and all these horsemen. He said they were made of fire all around him and it was tons of them everywhere. And that's it was just very interesting because I'd read the scripture before and I I didn't consider, you know, something even further. The next part of the scripture, what I didn't consider is that uh, then Elisha prayed for against the, the men that were coming to attack him. And he said he has God to blind them. And when I read blind them, I thought, OK, you know, you think eye for an eye type stuff, blind them. Now they can't see. And it said that later in the scripture that he 
he led them to Samaria until the courts of the king of Samaria. And what was interesting is that, and I didn't pick up on it, and Pastor YPJ was talking about how they weren't blind, like lost their sight because they followed him. And he didn't say he took them by the hand and put them in a the cart or nothing. They followed him. So he was talking about to make them unaware, to make them not be able to see what was actually going on. So they were so fixated on finding this Elisha that they they didn't realize that this was the guy who was leading them to Samaria. And then when they finally had come to themselves and their eyes were opened again, they were like, oh, how do we end up in Samaria? What is going on here? And it was very interesting because he was talking about vision, having vision. And he spoke about that uh, after he was talking about when they when they built their church, his parents built the church. Pastor YPJ was saying when their parents built the church, how people couldn't see the building that they were looking to buy being a church. And he said that it wasn't until they got together with an architect, <clears throat> excuse me, and the architect was able to put up a draft of what the building would look like. And then they posted it on the walls that the people, more people were able to see what, what the vision was going forward. And what's interesting about that is that I think about, you know, us in general, in my life, and you know, in general, because I have tons of visions for my future. I can't necessarily articulate them to everybody as clearly as, I, as a picture would do, but I have tons of them. And Pastor YPJ was saying that the difficulty comes in for people who can't see it. And that's why you need someone who has a vision. He said, now, in terms of the church, I'm the pastor. I have the vision. So I help you to see what is already there. He said, by having the vision, you don't create the thing, but you can help people believe the thing because you can see it just as clearly as if it were right in front of you. And I thought that that was very interesting because, you know, to have vision is a blessing to have to be able to see, you know, something for the future, something bigger than where you are, something that from from all all for all intents and purposes, you don't have the resources or the wherewithal to have right now. But to see that and then to put it forward just based on what you what you see and what you believe because of what you've seen is a is a blessing. And I, I'm like, yeah, I've always had ideas. And that's what an idea is. It's just a, a vision for what could be a possibility, a probability. And even the scripture that says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Because you've seen the vision and you believed in it, it is the proof that the thing exists. And I'm like, oh, wow. And, you know, he was talking, Pastor YPJ again, was talking about even before the building existed in the physical, it existed. It existed in the mind's eye, the belief of the mind of what they saw in that vision. It existed in that visionary place. And I think that more people should practice being visionaries to have things exist in that place and work toward that goal, not knowing how it can happen or not knowing how it'll be uh, achieved. But you still have to envision those things. You have to be a visionary and place that in your mind and say, this could be based on what I believe. And because I believe that, I won't let doubt creep in. Or even if it does, I still have my belief. I see something different. I see I see a different outcome than what there, there possibly may be. You may see something different, but that's not what I see. So I'm going to go go ahead based upon what I see. I'm still going to take my necessary steps, but I'm still going to push for what I believe. So what I believe and what I believe I see. So I'm very thankful that in this life that I've been given vision. I've always had vision. Like even before, I know I always talk about playing drums, but I remember thinking 
that there was nothing to prevent me from becoming a better drummer, a phenomenal, and even whatever state that I'm in right now, whatever uh, level of drumming I am right now, I still believe that there is there's something even greater that I can I can I can achieve, and I think you always have to believe that about whatever you're doing. Otherwise, why do it if you don't believe that you can do you can do it better or you can you can make yourself better? Why not try it? You know what I mean? <clears throat> why why would you even do something that you don't feel like there'll be any progress to? So I remember even the very first time that I played, I thought. Well, what could I be if I gave this some real effort? What could I be if I practiced? What what could I be if I, you know, even if it, what what could it be if I got better equipment? What could I do? What could I what could I try? And I think about that in regard to to drumming, but I think about that in regard to every facet of my life. What could I do better? How could I make this better? Which is kind of problematic on jobs because a lot of times your ideas aren't heard or your ideas or your company may not even have a way for you to present ideas for, you know, a better process or a better product to use to help the process. So for me, I kind of got into the place on my job. That is, I've gotten to the place where I, I choose to make it better just for me. And I really don't disclose, you know, to people who, who are higher up because I found a way to make it more effective. And I think it'll be more effective for everyone involved, but it's such a it's such a uphill journey and a push to get people to to adapt and to grow that I opted out of it. So I just do it for myself. And I'm like, well, if I'm doing it, then maybe they'll somebody will see. And I talk to people, you know, just the coworkers and stuff about, you know, new processes or whatever. And sometimes they do it. Sometimes they don't. But they all remember it. And they all say, you know, because there's a lot of not just me. There's a lot of different people who do things a slightly different way just to make it much more uh much more streamlined and much more effective. So I'm thankful for for people who are visionaries. I'm thankful for whatever part of being a visionary I am because I believe that I am. I've been getting I have visions for my future. I have visions for my family. I have visions for what I want to do overall, what what mark I want to leave on the world. I have visions for that. I always have. So I'm thankful to be in that position and I'm thankful for even the message talking about how important it is because uh, there's another scripture in the Bible that says that without a, without vision, people perish. And it's very interesting because if you can't see, if you can't see a better way or a, a, a resolution for your situation, then there is no, there's hopelessness, there's nothingness. And why, what could you do if you feel hopeless and you feel nothing but perish you know so i think i'm thankful for for vision being there there being life and vision there being hope in visions and just just you're imagining something better than where you are and it doesn't have to be financially just a better position a better way to do things a better way to live and a, a more pleasant experience in this life so those are my thoughts for today i was thinking about about that and uh i hope that as you think about the many ways that you've been visionary in your life or around your job or around the people in your family that you recognize that that's important and that you take more time to maybe write down the vision to, uh, to spell it out and bounce it off some people's heads. You never know what could become of it. So that's my thoughts for today. All right.
Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Duchess potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.